Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to my podcast. I'm Heimo Scheuch, the CEO of Wienerberg. And today I have a great pleasure to, uh, to have a special guest directly from Berlin with me. And uh, Mrs. Hobmann is also the founder of Climate Minds. Yes. And uh, I'm looking forward to this discussion, a discussion about society, the change, our perception of the climate crisis. And uh, let's start with it. Um, Anna, I, when I was young, I was reading Hemingway, mm -hmm. and I was passionate about his books. And you know Ernest Hemingway, he fought in the First World War, and then after the war, he lived in Paris. And this generation was called the Lost Generation. And they were Americans living in, in Paris, especially, and not knowing what the future would bring to them. And... Uh, When I look today, especially now in the Germanic background, Germany, Austria, Switzerland, a lot of young people call them letzte Generation, mm -hmm. yeah, last generation. And I think it's a little bit frightening for me uh, if I uh, look at them, what they do uh, when they sit in front of cars in a city and block uh, the traffic and call themselves last generation. Isn't this, from your perspective, you are working a lot with people and, and about the psychology, isn't this a dangerous uh, development? Well, I, I work as a climate psychologist and as a consultant and trainer on, on yeah, training leadership skills um, for the civil society, but also for political uh, leaders and administration as well as civil society. Um, And I think it's not a dangerous development, but it's a really understandable development as there are a lot of young people internationally who perceive a lot of fear, sadness, and also anger about how, yeah, that not enough is happening about the climate crisis. They feel betrayed by companies, but also betrayed by their own governments. Um, and we must admit, it's not only young people feeling betrayed, but also adults worldwide A lot of adults worldwide are protesting and, and asking for change. Um, so for me, it's a really understandable situation uh, in the way of that we really had a challenging crisis um, and not having enough solutions at all. But isn't it also an aspect of, um, if I may say so, from a civil society perspective, and we'll come to the responsibility of leaders, if it's in industry, in business, or also in politics later. But isn't it a, a very important subject also, the own responsibility that each of us has in civil society? Because actually, every one of us can do something good at the end of the day. And uh, when you are lost somehow, you don't know what to do. And uh, I would call it the common sense. Common sense means for me to wake up in the morning and to do things that are good for you and for the society and for environment. But I doubt that it is good that I set such um, as, uh, sort of actions like we had, for example, on the Berlin airport and then find myself three weeks later somewhere in Thailand on a vacation. And uh, what is then actually the real uh, sort of interest of these people? Do they really want to change something or is it more or less because I have nothing to do? I'm just provocative for a moment. I think a lot of young people have a huge amount of intrinsic motivation to drive societal change, systems change forward towards 
achieving the sustainable development goals. And on the same time, as we all know, leaders on the sea level, but also politicians and people from civil society, we always have these contradictions. We call it in psychology the cognitive dissonance, that we have values on the one side and behaviors on the other, and nobody is perfect. How can we manage? Everybody um, still tries to have a good time and tries to go on vacation. So there's always this contradiction, which of course um, is not easy to deal with. And yeah, often is, is portrayed in media. Of course, it's a nice topic to, to talk about. But in the end, it's, it's a topic of our time because when we try our best, we will never succeed perfectly until the end. Um, because we live in structures, we live in a, in a context where sustainable behavior is not possible so far because there are no sustainable structures. That's a very good point. And now we come actually, and I appreciate your comment about uh, the individual responsibility and how everybody perceives the current situation. And now let's come a little bit to what we as leaders in, in business and, uh, and also in politics and uh, also in media, by the way, should play in the future. Because you're absolutely right. Is there a sustainable structure in order to uh, manage this well? I think, and I would um, throw the, in our discussion the thesis that we, and I'm a representative of industry, if I may say so, are doing a lot in this aspect. Not only because regulations are changing, uh, because it's, on only, it's in our own interest to do this. Uh, take, for example, a company like ours. We produce materials to rebuild a city of 300,000 people every year and have a lot of uh, output also in the piping when we do water supply, for example. We can go with the annual output 20 times around the globe every year. So you have a big responsibility towards the society, the people, the environment. At the end of the day, we work a lot with our own people educate them, responsibility on a plant level in the, in the different uh, management layers. Probably you will say not enough and we are doing this more and more. But what I see also that uh, the changes in government, in the state um, management, in the administration are somehow a little bit slow. Mm -hmm. yeah? yeah, And the alignment of interest that we basically say sustainability is something we really want to achieve. There's a lot of talking and what I miss is the action, yeah. if I may say so. Walking the talk. Yes, right. exactly. That's yeah. what we're needing all around. So internationally, we need it in big organizations, politicians, um, administration, but also industries. I think also in a societal um, dimension, we are there. A lot of values are there, a lot of intentions are there, and now it's the time to really act, to not just discuss, but to really put yeah, radical in the way of um, tackling the roots of the problems to really put radical action into place. What is your perception? Should the radical action come from the leadership or should it be a common approach? Of course, both. <laughs> yes, we, can only, we can only find solutions when all the different levels work together. Um, I'm a big fan of unconventional partnerships, of, for example, social enterprises, big corporates, civil society, NGOs and academia. I think in the end we need to think about how to find systemic solutions for our systemic problems. 
and we can only find them together. So I think it's about the responsibility, finding the purpose, for example, of a company. What is the topic I really want to tackle? For example, for Wiener Berger, it's about affordable, fair, sustainable buildings and the sustainable living circumstances and finding allies to work together with. Um, I think that's really crucial. So in the end, of course, we need um, very much conscious civil society. We need um, advanced and sustainably, sustainably thinking politicians, a fast and uh, less bureaucratic administration, and of course, also the leaders who really dare to also work about themselves um, and educate themselves being more authentic. Because so far, leaders in industry, they are not authentic enough to really drive the change as we need to. You might be right, and uh, as you said uh, yourself uh, at the beginning, uh, we all are only humans and mm -hmm. we fail and uh, there's a development to be done. And I would say that certainly in business, in the industry, you have people who are not yet at this stage. Yes. I agree with you. But on the other hand, I will sort of throw a little bit also provocative statement to you again. How can you deal with governments how can you deal with uh, international bodies like the EU that get changed every four years and they're in continuous election process? And sustainable means to be long-term. Yeah? So we actually must write certain principles in our constitutions that are not political subjects for everyday to discussions because otherwise every government can change the approach to sustainability as they like. Mm. And for us in business, it's it needs a long-term vision. If you want to make out of Europe a net zero carbon, for example, uh, area, which is doubt doubtful because obviously we are, cannot be isolated on this planet because we have other big regions that we have to work with. But if, provided you want to do that, you need to have it on a long-term perspective. Yeah? And you need governments that support this, that actually work in favor of such things. And this I miss today, as I may say, as a representative of business. Of course, we need governments to think long term, as we need uh, business leaders to think long term and people from civil society to think long term. And uh, so we need to build structures and uh, under context where long term thinking, visionary thinking, um, systems thinking is really um, appreciated and also rewarded in the end. So as we are now educated so far, we are, we are um, driven by short-term profit. And to change this, to change the mindset, there in all the different sectors is really necessary because um, future topics are long-term topics. And it doesn't make sense to just think about the next five years when it comes to sustainable living circumstances. It makes sense to really think it um, for the next 100 years. I agree with you 100% uh, sort of support what you say. The problem that I see from my own and humble experience is that obviously politicians want to get re-elected. So for them, it's very critical to have short-term success. It's again a little bit working against your principle of the long term. And in the financial community, if I see the investors internationally, not by the way only the Anglo-Saxon investors, but also the European ones, have also sh still a very short-term mm -hmm. mind because it's about profitability, it's about what they can achieve as, as uh, uh, short-term profits. So changing this will be a very, very tough thing to do, I think, in the future. And it needs a lot of effort from us all. Yeah, definitely. Where would you start? With education, with uh, continuous work with people or 
convincing them this is the right way to go forward? So we as Climate Mind, we focus on two, um, two theories of change at the same time. Uh, it's bottom-up change and top-down change. And I think we can't do just one, but we need to do both at the same time. Um, as Patagonia also does, uh, the, the top-down change um, on the sea level and on the same time they support with the 1% for the planet, um, they support activist groups. So we do it in a bit similar way. So we support the civil society movements, the NGOs to drive the campaigns forward, to really educate people, to raise awareness on these topics. And on the same time, we have our leadership programs on sustainability. And there, exactly these topics where we talked about, the long-term thinking, the authenticity, um, the empathy and compassion that is needed to also uh, work with the intersection of global justice and ecological issues, as well as thinking about how can we build up critical thinking, complexity thinking, systems thinking, and also in the end build people who are courageous enough and resilient enough to drive this change, not only for three years, but for uh, yeah, their lifetime, basically. So we build leadership programs to really educate leaders and C-level positions to become an authentic and courageous leader, um, to be prepared to make decisions that are not only valid and valuable mm. for today, but really for the next uh, couple of decades. I think it's very, and I can only say from my personal experience, it's a very good uh, and very uh, valuable sort of impact that you make there because there's a lot to be done. Uh, also on the management side. But if I think through all this and if I look at uh, what I said at the beginning, lost generation, shouldn't be sustainability, the climate issue, the environmental issue, all of, and uh, a broader holistic way, part of our education system, starting from very small. I give you an example. I told you earlier this morning when we met for a glass of good Austrian water, uh, and no coffee, by the way, um, we talked about that I come from a, a really a rural background in the Alps of Austria. And there, obviously, it was as a kid you learned planting trees, working with nature, and that you need to give something back to nature when you take something. And I think, obviously, when you're small and when you're growing, these principles, it's easy to understand and to learn. And you live with this because then you feel also responsibility towards nature. Yeah? And today, with our globalization on one hand, the more urbanization that we see and people living in cities and spending more time on smartphones and others, it's difficult to uh, get the message across what has to be done. So I think integration processes with respect to what nature means really for us and to make them understand that not others have to change, but yourself have to change is also important. Yeah, I think education in the best case, it starts at the very beginning um, with kindergarten and school. But our challenges are that urgent that we can't wait for the young generation to grow mm. up and wait until they are in the sea leaders' uh, positions. So we need to, of course, do both at the same time. We need to educate the young people to be afterwards in responsible positions and to drive the change. Yeah, when when it's when they are in charge. <laughs> Um, but on the same time, we really need to find uh, very urgent solutions, which are still thought in a long, in a long visionary term. Um, so I like the idea of education for sustainable development that is really focusing all the different aspects. 
schools, uh, businesses, um, universities, and so on. We all need uh, to be educated. I totally agree this topic of nature connectedness. It's not, um, yeah, we are not connected anymore to nature mm. in this uh, northern countries um, of the global north because we are literally not living with nature anymore. Mm. Um, so this is also a re-educating process of understanding what is actually my position in the world, my position on earth. We as humans often think we are the only and uh, <laughs> the very powerful ones, but every person who have already been in the Amazon rainforest or another really big uh, yeah, biodiversity hotspot directly realizes we are single humans, we are tiny. Mm. Um, we are not powerful enough to really drive, drive biodiversity in another way. Biodiversity is driving us. Um, so understanding that and also being humble about who we actually are um, and reconnecting to, to our understanding that we are just part of the system. We are part of the ecological system and not ruling it. Absolutely agreed. And by the way, in your day-to-day -day work, yeah. when, you, when you do your, uh, your work and engage with a lot of different people from social backgrounds, do you see that there's an open-mindedness for this uh, idea and uh, that they, they perceive your work as positive? in the business world and also in the in the more political or administrative arena? Yes, we receive incredibly a lot of uh, requests um, from business leaders, from politicians, from administration, from big NGOs. So um, there is a big interest in understanding more the psychology about sustainability. Um, so we are experts on that, understanding how people perceive climate change and sustainability, understanding why climate anxiety is such a big topic, why people are feeling powerlessness, um, for example. Um, and then doing the next step of what, what can we actually do about it? Because, for example, in big companies, we actually need to drive a corporate culture of sustainability forward. Every single employee needs to be part of this game, needs to join the journey. Um, and how to do this, there's still a very big question that is open for a lot of organizations. That's why they come to us to find solutions for them personally, how to um, engage and encourage people to become more active on sustainability topics. No, very passionate. And thank you for your passions. And I can only confirm we just launched uh, uh, two years ago, a biodiversity program within Wienerberg, as you know, for every site and the 20,000 people are very enthusiastic. All the feedback that I get that they can contribute something. And it comes back to what we said at the beginning. Let's start ourselves and do something good about this and not be passive and wait for others and blame others that they have not done something or not are not doing enough. I think that's very right. And I'm grateful that you could join me. Thank you very much on my podcast. was very passionate to Thanks have you so here much. and hope we can engage in much more detailed discussions in the future. Thank yeah. you for being here. Thank Anna. you. Thank let's, you. Let's all join the movement of being a corporate that is not only net zero, but net positive, as Absolutely. Paul Coleman is saying. Absolutely. And I think it's, uh, it's like you say, uh, in financial terms, in business terms, we always want to grow and do things better. Mm -hmm. And it's also it, sustainability has to be part of it. Yeah? And we need to do things better, but in a better way yeah, yeah. For, for the environment as such. Yeah? Thank you very much for Thank joining you. me. Thank you for listening in and uh, hope to see you soon.